Good evening. Praise the Lord. We'll make our way on in here. We're going to get started. It's a beautiful day outside. If you don't think it's beautiful out there now, wait till tomorrow. You'll look back and say it was beautiful yesterday. Amen. Um, let's stand this evening. Let's open with a word of prayer. One quick announcement. Uh, if you if you plan on bringing something for the dinner next week, would you write it down out there? We're trying to get make sure we got everything covered. Uh, so if you've got something specific that you want to bring, uh, please make a note out there so we'll know. Um, but next Sunday afternoon is our Thanksgiving dinner. We're going to have a good time fellowship. Invite somebody. Invite them out. They may come eat a meal. They may not necessarily want to come to church, but they'll come eat a meal. And so we want to have a good time, and we can reach we can reach through that. You know, that's one of the things. When you read Acts chapter 2, the, the disciples, the early church, they fellowshiped. They, it says they ate together daily. And so that's a good way to reach people. Sometimes reach them through food. We'll let the Holy Spirit reach them spiritually while we feed them physically. So invite somebody out for that. But let's open with a word of prayer tonight. Father, we love you. Lord, 
we just thank you tonight, Lord, for everything that you've done, Lord. We thank you for this service this morning, Lord, your spirit that moved, and, and, and Lord, the word that you gave us, Lord, and just the blessing that you poured out on us this morning, Lord. And I pray that you, again tonight, stir up this place, Lord. Just move and touch lives tonight, God. We pray that you'd just fill us with your spirit afresh and anew tonight, God. We love you tonight. We glorify you, God. We give you all praise that you deserve tonight in the name of Jesus. This is something I don't think I've ever heard in this, but we're going to sing out a hymnal tonight, page you father for setting us free god hallelujah what a good song what a good song yes lord father we pray that you would just come in this service and just move in the way that only you can god we pray that you would touch hearts and minds father and get us ready for the word in jesus name we pray amen yes there is a light that burns in the darkness There is a hope that washes the fear away. There is a peace that settles around us. It is your love that sets our hearts ablaze. 
Let's sing that again. There is a light. Yes. There is a light that burns in the darkness. There is a hope that washes the fear away. There is a peace that settles around us. It is your love that sets our hearts
Amen. Thank you, Lord. Do you remember the scripture in Isaiah that says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Actually, I grew up thinking that the last part of that verse was, Teach me, Lord, to wait. But that was part of the song, but not the verse. But I think it'd be a good thing for the Lord to teach us to wait, to wait on Him. We were singing songs about the Holy Spirit, asking the, asking the Lord, would he, would he pour your Spirit out upon us? We probably don't realize how much we need that. Lord, help us to understand what we were just singing. Help us to truly desire to experience 30 minutes in your presence, Lord. We spend 30 minutes doing lots of other things, but what would 30 minutes fellowship with you? What would, what would 30 minutes of communion with you? How would it change us? How would it give us courage where we now are discouraged? How would, how would being in your presence and listening to your voice, dwelling with you, abiding with you. Lord, help us to understand what you meant when you had Isaiah prophesy, they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Surely we need our strength renewed. Yes. Lord, we want to be able to run and not be weary and walk and not faint. Yes. And those are words that you spoke to us, Lord. May, may our hearts receive the instruction of that. And Lord, may we make time for you to sing these, these thoughts to you when it's just us alone, when we're, yes. when we're listening to music and it's nobody but us there. Lord, let, let your spirit stir our hearts. Let, your, let, let our ears be attentive and I, even our spirit be attentive to your, to your presence, Lord, and to your voice and, and to what you want to accomplish in us. Thank you for this privilege to worship corporately, Lord. God, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you that you've blessed us with each other, with a family, a spiritual family to, to seek you together and to seek your will together and to seek to do your will together, Lord. May we strengthen each other by, our, by, by our, our each of us being empowered and encouraged and strengthened by your presence to it with us, Lord. Thank you for it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Amen. You can be seated. The Lord bless you. Ushers, will you come and give everyone the opportunity of worshiping God?
in the giving of our tithes and offering tonight. Amen. Thank you, Alan. Lord, your church, your kingdom couldn't be bought with all the money in the world, a million worlds like this, Lord. Your kingdom is not made of money. But our hearts, Lord, are part of the kingdom. And, and we just want to back your work, Lord, with our faithful giving. We praise you and thank you and thank you over and over again that you gave us something to give out of our lives, out of our resources, out of our, uh, the, the love that flows from our heart. Bless this offering as it's received for your kingdom and your glory. May this church have more than enough, always, more than enough financial backing to do everything you will this church to do. Put in us the vision, the desire, the passion. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. He set me free. Now I That's hand clapping, toe, toe, no, hand clapping, toe tapping music, isn't it? Amen. Thank you. Thank you. For the, the, I've said this lots of times. I'm impressed with these men that providing us the, the background music, the instrumental music to, to enjoy for our services. Amen. Well, let's keep praying as we get close to the time that... Uh, you get to sit under the ministry of uh, Pastor David Meyer. Let's pray that the Lord gives us clear direction and, and the kind of unity that really, really, really glorifies God. Amen. Amen, amen. I'll tell you how I'd like for you to pray with me tonight. Specifically, let's pray for him and his wife and their two children. They have a three-year-old da uh, daughter and a son that was born this year. So he's just a matter of months, a few months old. And they're in, uh, as, you, as you heard this morning, in, on vacation. Getting, let's, let's pray rest upon them, rejuvenation. We don't know what what all has been going on in his life. I guess we'll find out eventually as whatever he chooses to reveal to us. But, but uh, I just want to pray for the Lord's blessing upon him. Will you do that? Let's, let's just do that right now together. Lord, we lift up uh, David Meyer, though we, we don't know him yet. We, 
He's becoming a part of our life just by hearing His name. And, and Lord, we reach out to You on His behalf tonight and, and ask You, God, that You would just wrap Him in Your arms and His wife and His daughter and His son. Lord, as a family, may they just be wrapped and enveloped in your, in your provision for them and Your blessing for them. Lord, in Your, in your protection over their lives, we, we just pray that they're, they're experiencing great rest. That's what vacations are about, Lord, to rejuvenate and, and prepare us for seasons that are ahead. And I just thank You for giving him wisdom to be able to to get this, uh, to, to be able to come to us so rested and, and so fresh because he, he sees the possibility of taking on uh, so a lot of new responsibilities on his shoulders. And God, we just pray that you'll really give him peace and you'll give his wife special peace and that you'll just bind them in, together as a family and bless them, Lord, and bless them in every way that, that we ourselves would desire to be blessed. God, we just thank you. Thank you that we have the privilege to... Uh, to, to lift him up in prayer and, and know that, that you're able to bless him far beyond and exceeding uh, what, what we're able to ask you for specifically. Lord, we just pray that you'll give, you'll feel pride provision for all of his needs. God, give him the creative ideas that he needs before he, before he uh, t takes his place preaching to us in a couple of weeks, preaching to this congregation Sunday morning and Sunday night and and the Lord just seeking to, to discern your will together for himself as well as for the church. And God, we just praise you that, you, that you've got, you got everything he needs, everything we need in a pastor. And we believe you, Lord, to touch and minister to him tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I really believe this with all my heart. If you, if you love uh, the pastor that the Lord sends you, if, if you uh, bless them with with your love and with your encouragement, God pours that back on you. Right. I really believe He does that. Right. And uh, I, I, I guess it sounds a little strange that God would do that, but I guess you, if you bless somebody, the Lord's going to bless, even if they're not your pastor. But, but as a church, the, the pastor is here to serve and, and uh, to give, and it's a, uh, it's a rigorous life. It's, uh, sometimes it's, it's a, it, you're on, you feel like you're on call 24 hours a day, and, and Really, that's, it's not a burden because you, you love the people that you're, that you're committed to and that you're serving. Yeah. And so it's, a, it's a very much a, 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 a worthwhile way to live. It's a blessing to get to live in that. And, and the church that, that, that just pours love on the person who's willing to do that, is, that you, you just, it just creates the, the right kind of atmosphere yeah. for a church to enjoy being a church. Amen? Amen. I'm going to talk to you. It's, it's, and I love singing the songs about the Spirit of God this evening and uh, every time that we sing about that, I, I realize that there's, there's only so much I know about the Holy Spirit. Well, that's the same way with the Father and the Son. There's only so much we know. We, I, 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 I want to I learn some more about the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And uh, I, I ran across uh, this as I was, I, I picked up a book in a very strange place in, in in Wales, I was in a used bookstore in in Wales, uh, which that's the other that's in part of the British Kingdom. We had, I'd been uh, preaching in, in Ireland and and uh, went went across that on a ferry, and we went into this city Hay on Wye in in Wales, and there was this used. It's kind of a capital city or a a, a whole lot of uh, of ministers' libraries end up there, in there. And so they've got all these bookstores that, 
Even, even they're overflowing right out on the porch. There, there's so many books that they'll sell for. I, I bought this little book for a dollar. This book that was written by G. Campbell Morgan. He was a contemporary with Charles Spurgeon. And, and uh, uh, it was hundreds of years ago before, before the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the early 1900s that, that really started the Pentecostal revival at Azusa Street. And then in just 14 years, the Assemblies of God began and, and uh, God, it was just, it was, a, it was a new day for the Spirit being poured out upon the church about a little over 100 years ago. But this was, even, this was written even before that. And, and, and I, it, was the, the, it got my attention because the name of the book was The Spirit of God. And G. Campbell Morgan, uh, I, I knew that he'd written a whole lot of, I had sets of commentaries on my shelf written by him, but I'd never seen that book. And as I, I, I was on the way home from that trip on the plane reading the, the sermons, and this one just opened my eyes to something that I had never seen that I should have seen. Yeah, I love that, don't you? I should have seen. I, I knew the three scriptures that I'm going to share with you, but uh, the... Uh, uh, but but how they how they come together and describe what what the what God sent the Holy Spirit to us to do just gave me a clear understanding. So this is kind of a teaching uh, message tonight to just teach you what what I really enjoyed learning. Uh, and and I titled this the same thing that he titled that that sermon that I was reading in the book: resist not, grieve not, and quench not. And we'll we'll uh, we'll get to the three verses in just a moment. But, but let, let's start out realizing that, you know, well, last Sunday morning, I, the, the message that the Lord gave me to preach to you was, was titled, You Can, and it's talking about the whole, the, the, our commission, the great commission being upon us. And, and I said, you can do that. You, you, can, you can expect your church to be fulfilling the great commission. You can expect to be a part of fulfilling the great commission. But, and, 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 and I listed some of the reasons why, but here, here's one of the biggest reasons why is that He gave the Holy Spirit to us to enable us to do that. He, we, we might not understand how the Holy Spirit's equipping us, but just like a coach shows up on a, on a team that, that, that's not together, uh, but uh, the coach with giftedness and, and ability can, can cause that team to start working together and people that, uh, you know, the, the, the team gets better and they accomplish more because of the coach. It's like that's what God gave us the Holy Spirit to enable us as a church, like, like a mighty heavenly coach, to, to coach us and show us how to, how to effectively fulfill the Great Commission. Yeah. Jesus told His disciples in John 14, and that, again, we're talking during those few hours before He would be arrested in, the, in Gethsemane and crucified the next morning when He was spending those hours, everything from John 13 to John 17, now, that's a lot of writing in it, a lot of things that he said in there. In, in there. And, and he talked a lot about the Holy Spirit, a lot, because he was about to leave. He, he was, why would he be telling us about the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit was going to take his place. God, and, and it says so in, in this verse, I'm going to read verses 16 and 17 in, in John 14. It says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Some of the translations say another comforter. It's the, the Greek word paraclete, someone to, to which, which just means someone to run along beside you, someone to be with you, someone to abide with you, someone, someone to, well, I used the word coach a minute ago, 
someone to be an encourager and, a, and, 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 and provide you help and assistance. And a, that, that's, what, that, that's what's in that word, paraclete. So that's, there are several English words that get used to try to communicate all that that I just said. But I'll give you another comforter to help you and to be with you, how long? Forever. We are never going to not need and we're never going to not have the enablement and the, the company and the presence, the joy of being coached by and encouraged by and, and, and taught by the Holy Spirit. We, we, we can count on it. I, I, I'm humbled when I look back at my life and, and realize that my very first spiritual thoughts, he was there coaching me. He was there in my spirit speaking to me, not through my ear like my parents did and like my pastors did and my Sunday school teacher did. Thank God for them. He was, he was enabling them. He was coaching them. But he was speaking to me through my heart. You remember? You remember that the, there's something drawing you to the Lord? Yeah. I, I appreciate that he's been with me that long and he's going to be with me forever and forever and forever. Um, Ephesians 5, 18, God told, uh, God used Paul to write to the Ephesians and say, he said, don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. He just used intoxication as an illustration. Be so filled, be, be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Be, you know, he, he's talking about how, how useless that would be to be drunk on alcoholic beverage. What, what, what good is there in that? So, so uh, obviously steer clear of that, but here's what you need as much as you can get of, get the influence, get, get under the influence of the Holy Spirit. I love the illustration. It's a really powerful one. And he says, he says drink in, drink in the Spirit of God. All right. Not like that, but he said, welcome the company of, welcome the, the, the leadership of, Wel welcome what he's what, what, uh, what he gave the church, him to the church to do. Welcome that to happen in your own life. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Lord, help us desire to be filled with the Spirit. Help us desire to be led by the Spirit of God. Help us to learn something. As, 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 as I just share these things that you, you taught me, I pray that, that you, you'll teach us something that makes us more and more comfortable with with, with being led by the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit in Jesus' name. Uh, I think the reason that God sent us the Holy Spirit is because of how much He loves us. Yeah. Amen. When you love somebody, you want to give them the very best gift. Well, He, he gave us uh, the, the, the Holy Spirit because He loves us. The same reason He gave us Jesus Christ. Right. Because of how much He loved us. But, uh, but oh, how, how desperately we need we need Jesus as our Savior, and we, we need the Holy Spirit as our comforter. We need Him as our paraclete very, 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 very much. We, in the first place, we're lost, and we can't, we can't show ourselves the way out of our mess. We, we are unable to rescue ourselves from our, from our, our lostness. And so, uh, and, and we have no idea how to live righteously. I like that the word right is in that, in that word. We don't, we don't know how to live right. We, we, we argue about right and wrong, but we, the Lord knows right a whole lot better than we do. And, he's, and, and we, we need the help of somebody who does know how to, to teach us how to live righteously, right. how, how, to, how to fellowship with God, how to, how to, how to wait on the Lord. Everything that, that, that uh, we need to do, the Holy Spirit is, is wanting to help us be able to do it. 
He wants to help us do it. Um, here's those three scriptures that I just told you about. And I think it, when you put them together, that it kind of, each of them show, uh, they talk about how to respond to the Holy Spirit. And, and the fact that there are three different scriptures and three different responses that are, des- that are described shows us that, well, it's something a little deeper that I'll, that I'll show you as, as I show you each one of these. The first one comes from Acts, the seventh chapter, when Stephen was about to be stoned, and the Lord gave him this incredible sermon uh, all, all through the uh, seventh chapter of, of Acts. It's kind of a long chapter because he, he preached to, to, the, to, his, to the people who hated him who were about to stone him, and anybody else he could get to live in it. Listen, and there was an anointing of the Holy Spirit upon him. He was elected to be one of the deacons of the church. And miracles, he, he had a miracle ministry. He, he, was, he was a mighty man of God. And uh, of course it was the Holy Spirit that was working through him. But here's what he says in verse 51. You stubborn people, you are heathen at heart and deaf to the truth. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? That's what your ancestors did, he said, and so do you. He was talking to to hard-hearted, hard-headed Jewish people who wouldn't accept Jesus as the Holy Spirit would like to help them do. He accused them of resisting the Holy Spirit. Evidently, the Holy Spirit was trying to do something that they were not welcoming Him to do. They were putting up a barrier between them and the Holy Spirit instead of opening their arms and being receptive. That's what, that's what Stephen discerned. It was, that's what caused those words to come out of his mouth. It was the Holy Spirit speaking to him, through him, prophetically, to those people who were about to stone him. They were, they were angry because, uh, because he, was, he was still a proclaimer of Jesus, and they were persecuting all Christians. They, and and they, they thought if they could shut him up, they could quiet him, they could, they could stop the energy. Well, they didn't stop the energy of the book of Acts, did they? That's in the, in the beginning, but... You know, he was part of those who, who they said later on, you turned the world upside down. They turned the world upside down that, because the Holy Spirit was working through them so mightily. Uh, I, I'll get to the explanation. I'll get back to that and explain that in just a moment. The other, another scripture where uh, he, he talks about a, a person's response to the Holy Spirit is Ephesians 4, verse 30. Ephesians 4, verse 30. This is the Apostle Paul speaking to the Ephesians. Uh, and he says, and, he, and he's given this long list of things. He's kind of closing his thoughts out uh, at this point, and he starts listing things. And one of the things he says is, is, do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing you that, uh, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Now, the New King James Version, it's, it's probably a little more familiar to us. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed to the day of redemption. But, but I, I appreciate the, the NLT uh, explanation. Of don't, don't bring sorrow. Don't bring grief to the Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, He has identified you as His own, guaranteeing that you'll be saved on the day of redemption. He's, he's very much a part of our spiritual journey from, from the time we get saved until we get to, get to heaven. 1 Thessalonians is the third scripture of, uh, of those that talks about quench not, 
I'll read it in the New Living Translation, 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 19 and 20 and 21. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. In other words, instead of, instead of being skeptical and, and, uh, and, and maybe backing away, like, I don't understand, so I'm, I'm not open to it. He, 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 tries to, he tries to tell us, don't quench the Holy Spirit. That's the way that the King James translates, quench not. Quench not. When I've, when I've seen that over the years, I've thought of uh, uh, quench not. You, you, don't, you quench something that's on fire. That's a blaze. There, there's, a, there's an energy, and to quench it is to, is to put it out. And he, he, this, he tells us, hey, this, this spirit of God that's, that's a, a burning fire in your head. Hey, he, was, he was on the day of Pentecost on the top of each of their heads. They had fl a flame as if, as if there was a, a flame of fire on their heads. I don't know of anybody that got burned by that. No, nobody had to go to the doctor for third degree burns on their head because it was, it was this, a spiritual manifestation. But it was a fire. And God, God often speaks of uh, what he told, he told about John, told John the Baptist, that he, Jesus, will baptize in the Holy Spirit and in fire. Yes. And that, that's what he spoke through, through John the Baptist prophetically, that Jesus would do. And certainly he did. And quench not the Spirit, despise not prophesying, prove all things, hold fast at that which is good. So these three uh, texts ha have this in common. Like I said, they all speak of people's response. And they, they instruct us in the, in the negative sense, don't make this mistake in responding to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So, of course, the opposite response is the one we're being encouraged to do because that's the one we're being taught not to do. Right. And the reason he did that is because this is what we naturally do. We naturally resist the Holy Spirit. We naturally, uh, instead of welcoming the Holy Spirit, we, we grieve the Holy Spirit and we quench the Holy Spirit. And, and these three scriptures, the Lord put in separate places, given by separate people, but they all talk about the same Holy Spirit that God has sent. And He wants it to, a, He wants, I'm sorry I said it. He wants Him, the Holy Spirit, the person, the third person of the Trinity, to be able to succeed in everything God sent Him to do because we need Him so much. We need Him so much. Um, resist not, grieve not, quench not. Now, you probably won't be able to memorize those uh, unless you really try. I'd encourage you to write down those three and the three verses that I'm talking about. Uh, and, and, uh, and just try your best to, to, uh, uh, to, to ask the Lord to, to open your heart to see if you are resisting the, what the Holy Spirit's trying to do. If you're grieving the Holy Spirit or if, in fact, uh, you're, you're uh, quenching the Holy Spirit fire. Uh, I'm wanting to make this as clear, as simple as, as it has been to me. And I, I, I tend to want to use notes because I, I wrote down things that I won't remember to say that might, might explain it, but I don't want it to be lengthy. I want it to be, I want you to be able to, to get this in a, in a dose that, that you can really uh, absorb it. Yeah. Um, So here, here they are. Do you remember a time when you resisted God and you pushed away His truth because something you wanted 
was, was not what, uh, what God was wanting for you, and so you resisted God. I, I, can, I can definitely remember that. I can remember resisting the Holy Spirit. Here's, here's what the Scripture says of him in John 15, 8. When he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment to come. That, that's, in other words, he, he came to convince us about the things that, that, aren't, that, that God wants to separate us from. He wants to deliver us from, set, set us free from, so that we can not have to re- experience the consequences of living a way that is different than what God has for us. God's will for us is best and highest. So, he, he really, the way I see this, this his, the, the job, the mission that God sent Jesus, or sent the Holy Spirit to accomplish after Jesus had given His life on the cross, resurrected from the dead, established His church, and, and anointed and baptized His church in the Holy Spirit. And now, and now uh, the, the Holy Spirit is here, and Jesus is at the Father's right hand making intercession for us. Right. And, uh, and what, what the church is here to do is to, to be an, an agent for spreading the gospel to the whole world. In other words, to get as many people saved as possible. So the one assignment that God gave the Holy Spirit is to deal with people while they're lost to draw them to salvation. Amen. That's that, the people that he was talking to while he was down there about to be stoned. I, the picture I get is that he's in this lower place while this, this place that probably they stoned people and he's in the bottom of it and there's probably lots of stones around him that have, where they've stoned other people and, and uh, they're, they're going to they're gonna stone him in a few minutes. But he's speaking to them. He's probably looking up at them and, he, and he's and he's talking to people who were resisting the salvation that God wanted to bring them to. Right. He, he, he wanted them to break free of the, of what, uh, of the, the, the Jewish faith that, that they were believing uh, that the Messiah would come, but they weren't believing Jesus was the Messiah, the Savior that, that they had been looking for. And, and, but they needed to. They needed to quit resisting the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was trying to bring them to, to a place of realizing Jesus came to save you. Jesus is not your enemy. Jesus is not, not the worst thing that ever happened to you as a Jew. He's the best thing that ever happened to you as a Jew. He's the best thing that ever happened to us, though we were not Jews, because He, he came, the Holy Spirit came, to bring us into a relationship with Jesus, to woo us, to draw us. The Scripture says that nobody comes to Christ without being drawn by the Holy Spirit. And that, that's his job. He wants to do that. But, and you know people, no doubt today, who, who, who are, uh, are not, uh, they don't know Christ as their Savior. They, uh, but you know what? The Holy Spirit is drawing them. The Holy Spirit speaks to them, and, 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 he, and he tries to, he tries to uh, uh, reach them. He tries to, to speak to their hearts. He tries to convict them of, uh, of sin and, and, and the, the, the uh, the death that sin brings in your life, both now and, and throughout eternity, it's, it, he tries to set people free by, by just drawing them and wooing them to Jesus Christ. The worst thing they can do is resist the Holy Spirit. It's like, like the, uh, the, uh, you're in a, uh, a, a condition where you need the ambulance, and here come the people who are trained to, to, uh, to take care of the emergency things that they can do, whatever they can do to save your life. You don't want to resist them. You don't want to push them away. You, you, want, to, you want them to have liberty to, to try to help you. Well, that's, that's an illustration of what, what, what we do if we push the Holy Spirit away right. and just stay in our lost condition. Right. 
So, so resist, resist not means, means when you're lost and the Holy Spirit's trying to bring you to Jesus, or if, if you're saved and the Holy Spirit's trying to bring you closer to Jesus. Trying to, he's trying to help you take advantage of the, of the miracle that God has provided for us that you can be saved, not because, not because you have to earn, ha- having earned your salvation, but because you received it by faith, that he, he will save your soul. What a tragic error it is to resist the Holy Spirit when He's trying to help you do that. I, I, I'm sure that, that there were times in my youth and, and uh, childhood that, that I resisted the Holy Spirit. But there were, thank God, there were a lot of other times that I didn't resist the Holy Spirit. And I, I yielded to Him. I let Him draw me to Christ. I let Him draw me into the altar. I let Him draw me into a place where my, where, where my eyes really cried tears just over spiritual matters. And, and He drew me into a place where I trusted Christ and I entrusted my life to Christ. And I, and I said, Jesus, I want Your will for my life more than anything else. And it was the Holy Spirit who gets all the glory and all the credit for having brought me through that process of coming to Christ and, and, and teaching me how to really turn my life over to Him and really trust Him as my Savior. And the second of those admonitions comes from uh, uh, when he says, grieve not, it's in Ephesians. And uh, it says... Uh, do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit. Do you remember a time in your life when, when, when you realized you've grieved the Holy Spirit? Yeah. I have. I know I've grieved the Holy Spirit of God. Um, I, I think I best understand what it means to grieve the Holy Spirit when I just think of what it was like to be a parent while I was raising my kids. Or thinking about my parents trying to raise me. There were probably times that I grieved them. That, that as a parent, there are certain things you want for your kids that they don't get right away. Right. They, they, uh, they, they don't see it through the same lies that you do. And, and some, I've seen a lot of kids that brought great grief to their parents. Were their parents wrong? Parents aren't are infallible. Sometimes we make mistakes, but by and large, a parent is, has, has, a, has good wishes for their child. They're, they're, they're wanting what's best for them. And, and certainly, if we consider God being the parent, he, what He wants for us is always absolutely what we need. And so, here's the, here's the other job of the Holy Spirit. He's got this job of, while we're not in Christ, he wants to, he, his job is to draw us to into a relationship with Christ. Don't resist him. Now that you're in Christ, he wants to teach you what a child of Christ, what a child of God, what now that you're in the family of God, he, he, wants, to, he wants to teach you what it is to be a member of this family. This, this is how we live in the family of God. This is how we escape the torment and the, and the damnation of sin. And, and th- this is how we live righteously. This, this is how we discover God's will for us. And this is how we, we live an abundant life, full of blessings. And, and this is how our lives can abound with, with, with all kinds of, uh, of God doing wonderful things in our life. But when we are, are stubborn about that and not receptive to what He's trying to teach us to do, and He's very patient. He, he, he doesn't expect uh, perfection overnight. He, he doesn't cast you out. But when, when you try, when He tries and tries to get us to grow up, 
He tries and tries to help us see it from God's perspective. And we just, just stay in a, in a, in a mode of, of uh, not, not welcoming Him to, to move us closer to the will of God and the plan of God for our lives. That's when He's, he's talking about we're grieving the Holy Spirit. Because he, he has, He's been assigned a mission. That mission is to bring us to Christ and then help us grow up in Christ. Help us, help us develop the habits. We are very much creatures of habit, and that's, that's also only a bad thing if it's bad habits. If it's a good thing, it's good. If you're, if you're in the habit of, uh, of praying, that's, that's a good habit. Amen? And, and he, he wants to teach us good habits and to, to get rid of the bad habits. And when, when, we, when we are, are not, when we're not compliant, what are the things that we want our kids to be? We want them to be agreeable. We want them to be uh, appreciative, and, and we want them to, to, to listen to us. And I remember asking why, and sometimes the answer I got was because I said so. Because they, they didn't have time to explain at that point, and, and they expected the, the right respect uh, that until we get time to explain this, or until I, I find the words to explain it to you, I'll tell you later. But in the meantime, because I said so, that's why you do it. And, uh, or that's why you don't do it. But, but I, I, I had parents who loved me, and they, they weren't being unreasonable anything they expected, but I'm sure my grieving them was, was, uh, was difficult at times. But, but how much more? Did I grieve God? Did I grieve the Holy Spirit when He was trying to help me become everything Christ died on the cross so I could become? Delivered. Set free. I used those words uh, uh, for a sermon a few weeks ago that, that uh, it's, it's the will of God for every person to be saved and set free and healed healed of the damage sin caused to us, discipled and empowered and equipped. Those are two different things. Equipped is given an ability and empowered is given the strength to do that ability. And, and then the last one is to serving, that serving. He, every one of us need to go from a place where we got, where we first we got saved and then in the end we end up serving through that process. And he, he, the Holy Spirit is the architect of that. He's sent by God, the supernatural uh, person that is given to us to abide with us, to bring us to Christ, and in Christ to bring us to maturity in Christ. You're going to find that through, through the Scriptures. You're going to find, uh, uh, even in the songs we sing, it'll appear that the Holy Spirit is trying to help you grow up in Christ and, and help you uh, be strong in Christ and help you be able to accomplish that, that spiritual growth that, that God has for you. It's not, we, we don't have to figure out how to do it alone, just like we didn't have to figure out how to come to Christ alone. The Holy Spirit was there to help us. God dispatched him. What a huge job he has. Every single person on the planet has the, has the, the blessing of the Holy Spirit being willing to help them come to Christ and help them come to maturity in Christ. And what he admonishes us, and, and I, I didn't see what I'm describing to you until I saw those three phrases put together in that sermon by G. Campbell Morgan, in, that, in those notes that he, he gave. When I, by the time I read through the, the, the last part of that sermon, I could see the, I could see the, the 
the phases of the ministry of the Holy Spirit in my own life. I could see how he, he drew me to Christ and he got past my resisting him. And, and a lot of my friends are still resisting him. And, and, and it's, it's the Holy Spirit's job to try to help them uh, get all the way to Christ and get all the way to maturity in Christ so they don't Amen. grieve the Holy Spirit. Amen. And then the third one is from uh, 2 Thessalonians where, where that, that was to where it is that, the, that he's, he's kind of closing out his letter to the Thessalonians and he's given them this, this list of things. And he says, uh, uh, do not stifle or cut off or hold back or suppress the Holy Spirit. Don't scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. You know, uh, the reason that it, it says those things, leave that up there for a minute so they can look at that while I'm saying this. The reason it says those things is because the Holy Spirit uh, is also assigned to empower the church with supernatural ability to get the job of the Great Commission done. Amen. That Jesus didn't, didn't uh, try to accomplish his three years of ministry without supernatural manifestations, miracles, miracles that, that, that helped people's faith. He, he, he loved to, to, to show them a, a miracle of healing so that they would, they would have a spiritual application of that and, and trust in Him as the Son of God has come with a message from God and, and trust in Him and be saved. Yeah. And that's the same thing. Miracles are present in the church the, today. It's not for our comfort so that we don't die early. It's so that these miracles can convince people to believe. And once you already believe, you shouldn't be dependent on miracles to believe anymore. But there are still people who, who really need to see a miracle. They need the church to be, to be having supernatural manifestations, supernatural healing, supernatural stories taking place. That, that's what the church, it needs to be happening in the church for the world to pay attention to us. Amen. Otherwise, they'll just drive by our pretty churches. Yeah. They won't even look our way. Well, whatever we put on the marquee out there and miracle services this Friday night, they'll just, they'll just look at it and say, that's another, that's, that's, an, that, that's just another thing to put on the bulletin board or pull, put on the sign or, and they dismiss us. But when somebody tells them about a miracle God did in their life right. and they know, and they know that, that that person has enough credibility not to be, not to be just making this story up, but they say, Hey, I was blind and now I see. I was sick and now I'm not. Right. I was lost and now I'm found. Yes. The, the more we can talk about miracles, the more effective it's, it's going to give us on the edge of that blade of, of reaping the harvest. Yes. We can reap a lot better harvest if we've got miracles happening in our lives and in our church yes. and, and, and miracles in the kingdom of God. And, and I'm saying this because that's the third thing he came to do is give us supernatural power supernatural power and ability to, to preach the gospel to, to uh, the, the reason for miracles is to, is to verify what we've preached. Right. I've got gum in my mouth. I've never preached with gum in my mouth. <laughs> but I thought, I thought for your sake I'd put some gum in my mouth on the way in. Let me swallow it and see how that works. <laughs> there we go. Nope, there was some left. I got to swallow it too. Oh, there's a Kleenex. Marsha said that guy could do that. Yeah. You're brilliant, hon. You know, God, God gave you to me. Isn't that a beautiful thing? That was a great idea right there. How many? Uh, let's give her an applause. That's good. 
That's good. That was somewhat miraculous. How was I going to get rid of that gum? But how many of you agree with me? The Holy Spirit didn't come in the church just to rock us. He came to make us rock. I mean, He wants us to be unignorable, not ignorable. That's what He wants. He wants, the, he wants there to be so much happening in the church they can't ignore us. They can't ignore us. We've got, to be, we've got to be having the manifestation of the presence of God, the reality of the, of the love of God. Uh, wor- words of wisdom. The Lord, the Lord gives you words of knowledge and words of wisdom that, that, that you, He shows you things you didn't even know. That's just a supernatural manifestation of His power. The gifts of the Spirit that we, we, you can look at in the, the nine gifts of the Spirit in, in, uh, in uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 12 and I'm not going to exclude chapter 13. It's the love chapter, but it's very much the manifestation of the, the, the miracle of love in the church. And then 14, 12, 13, and 14, and he lists those, the, all those supernatural gifts of the Spirit. Yes. Gifts of the Spirit. And, and that's, that, you're a church that welcomes the gifts of the Spirit. I've heard several different people, uh, I, I, don't, I, I don't know if this is new or this has been going on for years at your church. But there's a receptiveness to it here. And, and, uh, and what you should be seeing in that is the manifestation of not, a, not what's happening in a human being. Don't pay any attention about the human being that's being used. Don't, don't pay one bit of attention about the human being. And, and if you're the human being being used, don't pay any attention to that either, that it's you. It's not about you. And just be willing to be a tool. That needs no, no recognition, no glory, no pat on the back, no, no appreciation, no applause, no, no recognition, no anything. Because this is all about the Holy Spirit getting to do what He supernaturally wants to do in the church. And hopefully He says something through a person given a message in tongues or a prophecy or a word of knowledge or uh, a, a, a discerning of spirits or, or one of those nine. And, and there, I'm sure that's not all of the gifts of the Spirit, but these are just the nine that he, that he listed because the Holy Spirit came to empower the church with supernatural in, in, enabling. And, some, and the worst thing we could do is quench that fire. He's saying, don't quench it. Let him burn. Let him be, create a bright, bright light out of the church. Let him do those supernatural things. Welcome him to do those supernatural. It's, it's scary, I guess, to, to think that, that miracles are going to happen through you because you're, you're, it's just, it, it, it causes you to be afraid to, to, because how am I going to have any control over the things that are, that are impossible for me, but, but all of a sudden I, be, I become in on that supernatural stuff. It's, it, I can't do that. What if I pray for somebody? What if I pray in faith and they die? It's not, it's not about me. What if I pray for somebody and they live? It's not about me. And, and there's not anybody who's Everybody they've ever prayed for, it, it, it was exactly like everybody wanted it to be. 
It's, it's all about the Holy Spirit doing what He wants to do for the right reason. He, that's the difference. He knows the reason He's doing it. He knows what He's trying to accomplish. He knows, he knows what, what He's trying to, uh, to use to, to accomplish one of His other missions about keeping somebody from resisting Him, to put down their resistance, or, or, to, or to teach somebody to grow up and mature in Christ. Now, do you see the three things that these three Scriptures teach you? I, 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 I appreciate the Lord leading me in that sea of tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of books. I appreciate the Lord helping me find that one book right up here about head high in all those books, and it said the Spirit of God. And I have this interest in the Spirit of God. And so I was, my hunger for, the, for, the, for, for knowing the Spirit of God, I, I reached for a really old book, and, uh, and, I, and I got it down. And I read it on, on, on the plane on the way home, and my eyes were open when I, when I saw these three scriptures put together. I, I had never heard them put together before, and they, they were put together hundreds of years ago, 150 years ago. Uh, and, and it was the Holy Spirit who enabled G. Campbell Morgan to see this scripture and its relevance to this scripture and its relevance to this scripture. And, and it, and it kind of, I don't know that it, it exactly if it covered all of the, the mission of the Holy Spirit, but it sure helps us see these three missions very clearly. The, the mission of bringing somebody to Christ. Don't resist Him. Don't resist Him. The mission of Him bringing us to maturity. You know, if, if you get adopted by a family that, um, uh, well, and, and your, your family, that or everything you knew about behavior before this family is opposite of theirs, they're not going to just welcome you into the family and say, hey, that's all right. You, you got different ideas. You, you just, you live according to your ideas. Oh, no. Oh, no. That, that would just be turbulence and, and, and chaos in the family. They have to teach you what, what, this is how we act in our family. Well, Jesus is no different. It's His family. It, it's God's family. And God wants to show us how to be mature and, and, and fit and work into His family and accomplish what He wants us to do as a family together. And so, and it's, don't, don't grieve Him by resisting what He's wanting to do and bringing you to maturity. Right. And then we get to the, He, he, he comes to supernaturally enable, enable us. Oh, how easy it would be just to quench that. Oh, how easy it would just be to say, Lord, let me stay a beginner in that one. I, I just don't really, I, I don't really want you to tell me something uh, of some, some word of knowledge that I, I heard. Uh, I was at a conference just a couple of weeks ago, Global Challenge, which is Teen Challenge, which was started by David Wilkerson years ago for to reaching teens and now adults. But this Global Challenge is is led by David Wilkerson's son, Gary, and it's a worldwide ministry of, uh, of doing crusades and, and continuing the ministry of, uh, of David Wilkerson that was beyond just what he did. Uh, you know, he also was a pastor of, of a church in New York City, and, and uh, uh, but he said, he, he talked about, about, David talked about, Gary talked about what David, his dad, used to say about uh, when you're counseling somebody, he said, don't, don't pay as much attention to them as you do to the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit will show you what's going on Amen. in the situation. But how, how many of us really want to depend on something that's not natural? We, we, we just want to depend on the natural, don't we? 
We just want to see things as we see them and we can figure them out and, and then we, we'll discern. But I've, I've learned in, in counseling the same thing that, that unless the Holy Spirit speaks to you something, you're, you're really not going to be able to do them any good. It's only when the Holy Spirit, uh, Holy Spirit gives his take on the thing and, and then he gives his solution and he, he speaks his words. And I'm telling you, I, I've, I've seen him speak things through me in counseling that I didn't even know. But I, I, and, I, and I got to where I didn't even worry about it. I, I, don't, I, I, had to, I sat down, I'd be in the middle of a conversation, and I, I knew where it was going to go into a conversation that I didn't know what to say. But I'm used to that now. I'm totally used to that now. And, and, and the Holy Spirit will never fail to, to just drop. It, it might just be one word. It might be two or three words. It might be a sentence or two, or it might be explanation that with, with illustration. But, but he knows exactly where he needs to go. And we need to be cooperative with Him, not quench Him, allow Him to do supernatural things through every single one of us. Amen? Amen. Who in here is credentialed for ministry? Chasen and me. Anybody else that's credentialed for ministry in the Assemblies of God? Oh, you are. Good, good. There's three. But the Lord doesn't only want to do this through us three. Every Christian, every child of God, just like every lost person that was brought to Christ. That was a miracle. You don't get in this thing without a miracle, the miracle of, of repentance, the miracle of, of recognizing your need for a Savior, the miracle of, of putting your faith in Jesus and, and, and giving Him control of your life. That's what it, that's what it means to be saved. And, and that, that's a miracle. It's, it's all miracles from the beginning. It's miracles in the middle while you're growing up to be to mature in Christ and learn how to, learn how to behave yourself and learn, how, learn how, to, how to live like a member of the family of God and love, 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 love. Love, love, love. My, my brother, David, and my sister, Kathy, were only one year apart. They were ahead of me. And they fought. I don't know. They, I, that, I don't know what the, oh, Kathy might be watching. I better watch this. Uh, I, but I saw, I saw them getting in, in trouble. In fact, one time the, my, my parents started to say, the Lord, maybe the Lord caused my parents to say, you're going to have to kiss before you, before you get to leave. You're going to stay in this room until you kiss and make up. I thought it was going to take eternity. I, I kind of took a seat over in the corner, so I don't want to see this. Uh, and, uh, I, you know, I just, it's because I, my parents said, love's got to be what reigns in this family. Right. We, we got to learn, we got to learn to love each other. I'm sure they end up kissing on the cheek or something because, you know, my parents weren't the kind that said that, that, that would just dismiss something like that. Probably got tired of waiting, and one of them kissed the other one on the cheek, and they went on. But I got the message just as an observer, right. and uh, observer, and and uh, I didn't want to kiss her, so I wasn't going to get sorry, sorry. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding, Kathy. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, but I'm telling you, I'm, I'm just illustrating that it, it's miracles in the beginning. Even the, 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 the coming to Christ and changing your conduct and changing what you want on the inside and becoming a person who wants what, what the kingdom of God wants. Get delivered from all that stuff that, that's, that's of the devil in your heart. All that strong, all those strongholds that were in your life. It's a miracle to get set from that. Don't, don't think that, that uh, it's only here in the, th- in the third one that, where God's going to work miraculously through you to, so that he can... So you can get the attention of a, of a world that's needing something to convince them to believe and trust in Christ before it's too late. It's miracles all the way from the beginning all the way to the end. Because the Holy Spirit didn't come here just to, just to sit behind a wheel and 
whistle while, while he was accomplishing his mission, he got to work. And he got to work with the supernatural power of God. And I'm a part of what he accomplished. My life was brought out of the slavery of sin, and I, I was taught, I'm being taught how to live as a member of the family of God, and I'm, I'm not quenching anymore. I did. There was a long time that I did, but, but I, I'm willing for the Holy Spirit to work through me. I get cold chills down saying this. Aren't you willing? Not, not just because you don't need credentials in the Assemblies of God or anybody else. All you need to be is a child of God. God wants to work through your hot life supernaturally loving somebody, supernaturally loving somebody. Every, every single thing he does is going to come out love. Nothing he he does is going to come out bitterness or hate or envy or strife. He is a God who works through the avenue of love. And when you, when when God gives you a miracle uh, to, to, you'll be a part of somebody's miracle, it's, I can, I can tell you love is going to, to be one of the things that is, that has happened uh, through, through that interaction, you're, you're, you're going to show somebody they are loved. Amen. They are loved. They are loved. Lord, thank you for showing us that we are loved. And thank you for showing us, Lord, with these three scriptures, a lot of what we need to understand about the Holy Spirit. I praise you, Lord, that you put this teaching in my life. I, I appreciate that you gave it to to Brother Morgan, I don't know where he got it. I, I don't know if you got it. He, he got it straight from you. You showed him those scriptures, or if he got them from somebody else. It doesn't matter. But I, I cherish those scriptures, and I, I impart them to this group of people tonight. And I ask you, Lord, to put them, that those words, resist not, and grieve not, and quench not. They're, they're, they're from three scriptures in the New Testament, and, they, and they, they show us the mission of the Holy Spirit so distinctly, so clearly in our own lives and the life of everybody else. That's what you're trying to do, Holy Spirit. And we want to we wanna make ourselves available to you. Are you saying that with me, church? Do you want to make yourself available with me? Let's stand, let's stand and respond in, in response to this. I just think that it would be good for you to plan on having uh, time to pray this through. Whether it's here tonight or as you go your way tonight over the next, over this week, will, will you just pray this through? Will, will you, and if you need help, I'll give you my phone number and I'll preach this over the phone if you want me to. <laughs> I, I really will help you. I, I'll, I'll do anything I can to impart this to you because it, it has really blessed me. It has really, really helped me to, to not be skeptical of the Holy Spirit, yeah. to, to not be afraid of Him. I, it seems like I understand the mission God gave him and how faithfully he's doing it. Yeah. And, and, and it's up to him. It's not up to me. Right. It's just up to me to be cooperative Amen. and respectful and, and, and to welcome how, however he wants this to, to work out in my life and through my life. And that's the same for all of you, too. Will you just express it in your own desire, in your own words right now? Lord, I pray you'll just help us, help us to listen. Help us to listen to what your word has taught us tonight. Help us to listen and practice what what you said, Lord. Help us to put it into practice in our own life. Yes, yes, we do have to deal with the element of fear. But Lord, perfect love casts out fear. And we know you love us in a perfect way. And God, I pray you'll show us how to love you in a perfect way. And I pray that you'll just get everything out of our, out of our lives that, that keeps us from letting love flow through us. But Lord, Lord, let, let your love flow through us. Let your love flow through us, Holy Spirit. Let, you, let your influence in our own life, 
have the full effect that you want it to have, Lord. I pray that, that, you've, that you'll show us those things that have grieved you in, in our conduct, in our choices, in our, in, in our, uh, our, our stubbornness about growing to, to maturity in Christ. And Lord, I just pray you'll show us how we've quenched your spirit, how we've been afraid of the supernatural, how, how we thought it would be us. It's not us. Lord, help us not to quench the fire, the fire. You said we, you, that Jesus would baptize us with the Holy Ghost and fire. Help us not to quench the fire because we need the safety of being in control. Lord, you can be in control. I give you control. I, I, I yield, Lord, and let your control, your control, be. you get the wheel, Lord Jesus. And you do as many miracles through us, through the most unlikely one of us, Lord. Show us how, who to call, Lord. I just pray this week that every single one of us hear a word from the Spirit of God, that you tell us who to call and what to say when we call. And that we, that we just let love flow through us, Lord, and let your love just help us to say those loving words, those kind words that you put in our heart. It may just be affirmation. It may just be words of encouragement. It may be calling somebody up to pray with them and connect them with you. But Lord, I just pray we'll be willing to take every step with you because you can do supernatural things through anybody who's willing to be used. We as your children, Lord, are willing to be used. We want to be used. We want to see you accomplish your, your purpose of bringing resisting people out of their resistance and bringing them that journey that you've brought us on, Lord, to where we got to meet the Savior and we get to lay our head on the pillow at night and know that, that if, if somehow my soul is taken while I'm asleep that night, I'm in the care and the custody of the Savior of my soul. Yes. Because of my relationship with you, that, that Jesus, that Holy Spirit, you brought me into that relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I, I thank you. And I pray you'll bring us to the place of embracing and welcoming everything that the paraclete you sent, the Holy Spirit that you sent, wants to accomplish in our lives and through our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Oh, Lord, send the fire just now. You remember that one, Dennis? Oh, Lord, send the fire just now and baptize everyone. <laughs> I don't remember it, so forget it. I just gave you the words. Uh, Lord, send the fire just now and baptize everyone. You see, you might be saying, where does the, where does the baptism in the Holy Spirit come in all that? Well, he baptizes you into Jesus. That's salvation. But everyone who's baptized into Jesus, he wants to baptize in the Holy Spirit too. He wants you to, to, to welcome, welcome the Holy Spirit. And, and as God's assigned agent to be with you and to supernaturally use your life to expand the kingdom of God through you. I, I, I think that every single Christian everywhere, anywhere on the earth, and many people experience this without anybody ever teaching them. They go, we, we, we go to, on the mission field, we find people who some, somebody witnessed to them and they found Christ and they also were baptized in the Holy Spirit without anybody ever teaching them what it was about. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that, it's, it's God's will for every single Christian 
to be baptized, and, and that is the same as, as, you know, it's immersed in, I guess you'd say, immersed in Jesus, immersed in the Holy Spirit. And, and under the control, like he said, be baptized, be filled with the Spirit, under His influence and under His control. That's, that's what it is to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. And amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. I, I, I don't know. Oh, this, this was longer than I thought it was. I, I hope it was well worth the time for you. Because as a teaching, it, it, it sure has ministered to me. And I'm glad I get to share it with you tonight. God bless you. Let's fellowship with each other a little bit. Man, I'm looking forward to that Thanksgiving dinner next Sunday. If you need me to bring something, some, what, what do you need me to bring? What, what, do you need, what do you need the most? What do you hope we're putting on the, the list out there? Turkey? Turkey? Are we bringing the turkey? The, chur the church is bringing the turkey. Pecan pie. He wants somebody to put some pecan pie on there. And so do I. And uh, I like green beans. What else do we need? We'll just talk about it a minute. Deviled eggs. Good idea. Good idea. We're going to have a great time fellowshipping. I, I really... I really look forward to, to it with you. And, and then next Sunday night, I really look forward to a, a worship experience. I'll just call a Thanksgiving communion service. I, you could use the word candlelight, but we're probably not going to use any candles, so I won't say that. But, but, but I, I just want it to be a, a time we, we just, as if all of our Thanksgiving is focused on that hour or whatever it is we're going to spend together, and we're just going to thank God for going, for sending Jesus to the cross for us. We're going to read some scriptures out of those four chapters. Maybe you want to read those this week. The next to the last chapter in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and the third from the last chapter in John. The, those are the scripture. Those are the chapters that describe Jesus' crucifixion, yeah. four different times by four different persons. Yeah. And we'll be using some of those scriptures as as we appreciate and value what the Lord did. And we're going to sing some songs of thanksgiving and praise, yeah. and worship. And we're going to take communion together. And I really look forward to that as a church family. I hope everybody comes. Yes. I hope everybody in this city comes. Yes. And, and let's, us, and let's, let's give thanks to the one who needs, who deserves the thanks. I don't know about needs it, but he deserves it. Amen? Yes. He deserves the thanks. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You're dismissed. 723. Amen. Praise the Lord.